0: Welcome back to Things You Can't Ask Your Mum. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Lizzie. And in this week's episode, we've got a very, very special guest. Very, very. Who goes by (laughs) the name of Josh Newis-Smith. He is a friend of ours, a little light in our life, he makes us cry laugh. He's been here five minutes and we've been in stitches and we've literally had to just drag him to stop talking to start this episode because otherwise we'd have been here until next week. (laughs) He's an amazing, amazing person and he's a celebrity interviewer for Glamour, best known for pulling all the juicy, vulnerable bits out of celebrities, which in turn does so much good for the world so
1: <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> you should write my cv you're like yeah. my number one hype girl oh i am i am I, yeah we are
0: we are good fans we're big fans aren't we very much so i'm gonna
1: get you some t-shirts
0: oh so what will you. it say we were, <laughs> yeah, what would it say i don't shirt chairman like, of the fan club
1: yeah chairman chairman Chairwomen. whatever
0: <laughs> so welcome
1: Hi! Thank I'm you. so excited to be oh, here. Thank
0: you so much for coming on. Yeah. We like wanted you to come on for ages, and then Josh came to visit me in my new little hometown, and I was like over which a, I a, loved, which he did. Yeah. We had a Seaside adventure. The oxygen
1: was a shock.
0: It was, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> what is this?
0: And over some so rose. Fresh air. Yeah. yeah. And over some rose, I was like, please, babes, come on the pa- pa- password. I got so excited, I said the wrong word. Come on the podcast. <laughs>
1: It's not coming on something else so that's like...
0: at least we're safe from that
1: <laughs> We're very safe from that today. Good
0: Lord oh, right dear. So we have asked Josh here today to talk about all things kind of body positivity, self-confidence mm-hmm. and self-worth and those things that we really feel from like teenage years all the way through adulthood you've all asked us to explore this in a little bit more detail. And Lizzie and I had a full episode on this kind of thing, but we thought it would be so good to get somebody else's perspective on it too. And the perspective of a man, and somebody who is very- A real boy.
1: Yeah, a real (laughs) boy. (laughs) To (laughs) quote (laughs) Bernankeo. Yeah,
0: very much in the public eye yourself because of what you do and how you you kind of like switch between normal life and Josh, celebrity interviewer life, and and what that brings in terms of confidence and the journey that went with that. Mm -hmm. So we'll jump right in with the first question, which was, what we wanted to know is how your relationship has changed with yourself, um, and taking into consideration self-image and confidence. So if you take us back to maybe teenage Josh years. Oh my
1: God, teenage Josh was acne ridden. <laughs> <laughs> but by acne ridden, I mean like, I had a full pepperoni pizza face to go. Really? Like it was horrific, like really, really bad. And I went on raxetane for like, um, like six months and it cleared up, thank God, when yeah. I was like 16. But I think in that time it was a really difficult thing to have this because it felt like a disease on my face almost
0: it would not go
1: oh it wouldn't it was not going anywhere I tried every tom dick or harry remedy (laughs) literally my mum used to come back and be like
0: I've got witch
1: hazel which we're gonna try this week and I'd be like oh please god let it work and it just didn't but I think that was quite a difficult time for me in general because you know, I started to realize who I was as a person, like everyone is anyway. And I think it's always a little bit more difficult when you're touched on the gay side. (laughs) Just a touch. Just (laughs) a touch. Slightly gay. (laughs) Slightly gay side. To um, really understand who you are as a person and (laughs) then feel like you're accepted by society at the same time as you feel like you're not accepted because you're not looking great in the face either. (laughs) And it wasn't really like I had that many gay role models either. Or it wasn't like, you know, how you have on social media, people talking about acne conditions mm-hmm. and and like how it's not holding them back. Like we don't, yeah. ha- we didn't have that like outlet. It was just like, oh my God, you don't have perfect skin. You're kind of a bit of an outsider. And I think that really did affect my confidence for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. I was very like an introspective person mm-hmm. um, in, inside but then outwardly I was always quite extra I mean this has not come overnight (laughs) this level of extraness but it's all very extra and I had like a group of friends but I equally didn't really feel like it wasn't until later in life like now, at the grand old age of 30, I realized that I didn't actually find my people like my real, real people, the ones who really got me, yeah, until yeah. I probably went to sixth form and then I met them, yeah. But there was a real, like, weird, like, early teenage years where I didn't really have that many friends yeah. and I didn't really connect with that many people. And I think at the same time, when you're going through something where you don't understand, like, what is your sexuality, what sexuality means to you. Mm-hmm. Am I gay? Am I not? Um, and you don't really have anyone to confide in because you don't really feel like they understand. That was really hard. Oh my God, this is getting, this is bringing back some weird so emotions. Nice. Yeah. Um. That was just a difficult time. And I think since then my self-confidence has only grown yeah. and got yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger. <sighs> and now I just think, thank God that I'm the person I am because it's made me who I am. And it's yeah. made me really ambitious, really determined. It's made me a better interviewer. It's yeah. made me a better friend. It's made me just a better person in general, I would say.
0: Oh, Josh. Oh, no. That's oh. honestly, and I think that so many people can relate to that kind of coming of age story, yeah. Yeah, where gay yeah. or not gay. Mm. We all have those weird gangly teenage yeah. years where you can't, you yeah. haven't found yourself because, and you won't find your people until you find yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really a really pivotal time in your life. And it's so amazing that this is worked out. And mm. it always is actually quite a similar story, isn't it? That the wallflower and the introvert and the one that's a bit awkward at school is just the one that's finding out who they are mm. at that time. Yeah. And then as, as an adult, you grow up and you grow and develop into this person that you're always meant to be. And it means that you're completely true to yourself and you won't twist or you know settle on your morals of what you want and all of these things. Mm. And I yeah, think it's yeah. so important. Yeah. And how something like your skin clearing up can be such a turning point as well oh my god, one oh god yeah. it could be really easy to trivialize something like that mm. and it's so important and i think everyone has certain things like we've talked a lot about you when you were younger being gangly and awkward yeah. i was as well just skin and bones <laughs> and suddenly like had boobs and yeah. small things like that you then feel so much more confident mm. and they are huge than how you accept yourself as a person because you start to imagine your adult self at that mm. age yeah which is confusing too but like Stops holding you back, even though it's over something physical. Yeah, I think it's so important as well.
1: I think it's also weird because I think if anyone was listening to this, he was like a teacher at my school or was my friend. <laughs> um, I don't want to say that I wasn't. You weren't my people, but <laughs>
0: however, but you weren't however, his people.
1: like you know, like we will change, we will develop. Um, but equally, I think <laughs> I think those people as well. I think anyone who I went to school with would probably be like, "Oh, I didn't realize you felt like that. I don't yeah. realize that you felt like an introvert." but I was faking it, yeah. like literally like, you know that whole old school saying about fake it till you make it? Yeah, I was doing that as a person because I had to, it was the only way I'd like to survive or deal with it or deal with myself. And
0: it's also like a massive protection mechanism, isn't it? Like you're like, okay, game face on, I'm gonna get through this, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I'm gonna come out the other side and it's gonna be fine, I'm gonna be fine. And every day is a learning curve, isn't Mm. it? Especially when you're in your teenage years and it's so formative. Yeah. So how old were you when you came out?
1: Oh, God. Okay, so... Oh, my God, take us back. Yes. Take us Sorry. back.
0: Take us back to inside Bring the wardrobe.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, if you keep that in, the singing is going to be in these poor people's ears. <laughs> um, um, So, okay, so I came out. This is like a... It's like a, quite a long... It wasn't actually that necessary a long process. So basically, the thing is, and I genuinely mean this, yeah. I did not know who a gay person was or what a gay person... Is or what I meant to be gay until yeah. I went to until I went to secondary school. Yeah, and someone literally turned around and said to me, "You're gay," and I was like, "What is that? What like song? what uh, is are you that?" But about. just to put this in perspective, this was in like 2000, yeah. and everyone's gonna be like, "That wasn't that long ago." But in 2000, there were no gay people on TV apart from oh Dale Winton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> literally, <laughs> Your only role model. But You're a like, gay <laughs> icon at the time. But yeah. then equally,
1: I didn't really identify with him well no. understandably, I'm yeah. not understandably i mean he's a legend yeah. but um but
0: at that age yeah. as well it's yeah there like, was no
1: one who no. was like me on tv or like and i grew up in a village of like 150 people like i was literally the only gay in, in that village <laughs> to quote little britain and so no it was it was never it was like my family didn't talk about anything that was outside their very, very small yeah. bubble, which is not a bad thing. Like that no, was their life. Yeah. So I went to school in this, because uh, we went to really tiny, tiny, tiny primary school, which was like so small. Everyone just got on. It was kind of idyllic. And then we went to, Secondary school to the bigger school where all these little mini villages like came together and it was like bigger village school. Yeah. Like, even then if you were literally t- saying this and someone who went to school in London, they'd be like, what the hell? What are
0: you talking about? There was
1: fields next to your school. <laughs> like, yes, there was. And then this, I, just, I remember this boy saying to me, oh my God, you're so gay. And I honestly just did, did not understand what that meant. We like, what? And then it started this weird cycle about me being like, oh my God, maybe I am gay. <laughs>
0: Because and did, what, how did you go about finding out what that meant?
1: Well, there was no way to do it because, I mean, I don't even think this is going to make me sound like I'm literally ancient. I'm not. But we didn't even have dial-up internet in my house. Right. So it wasn't like I could Google gay. And if yeah. I probably did, my mum would probably check in my internet <laughs> yeah. and be like, oh my God, what's <laughs> going on here? And then, um, so yeah. And I remember there was like, my friend said like More magazine. And then there was this guy who'd written into More magazine about being gay and coming out and how his friend, he wanted to like to understand like what that would mean for him. Yeah, I think he wrote it into like an Agony Aunt column or something, I remember reading that. And then there was like a number. <laughs> This is so weird. I've obviously never spoken about this, but there's like oh, a, I there was like this. a number to be like, you know, when it's like, oh, if you're going through this, call this number. Yeah. So me and my friend, Abigail <laughs> in our tiny village, went to the phone box oh with God. these like little coins. We called it and I taught them through like how I was feeling, like what I was going through. And they were like, you know, you just got to come to terms with it. But even then I was kind of like not coming to terms with it because I didn't want to be gay. No. Because it wasn't mm. feel like something that was going to ever be accepted. Yeah. And then when I hit about, this is very early. So this is, that was literally when I was like 11. Oh, So that's like young. It's
0: so young yeah. to feel those things. Yeah. And
1: then, then when I got to like 13, I kind of came to terms with it. And okay. I was like, <laughs> I told the age old thing that I was bisexual.
0: <laughs> um, I'm not, I don't want to be in one yeah, camp. I I'll go in both for now. I'll go in
1: both. <laughs> I won't because commit then just, yet. just yet. I won't commit just yet, but then equally, you, there's still a hope that you might think that I'm gay. <gasps> I hope straight. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. oh, might think yeah, that i I'm that straight. I won't be
0: gay. God yeah. save
1: and then George. then you'll be like, I'll be more accepted. Yeah. So <laughs> so I literally came out as bisexual. Uh, right. which I definitely definitely wasn't when I was 13. And do you know what the thing was, people hard, I wasn't really bullied at school for being gay. Yeah. Like it was just like, you know, the odd name calling or anything. It mm-hmm. wasn't anywhere near as horrific as other stories that I've heard. Yeah. So I don't want to claim that I was bullied in that sense, but so people would always call you like gay, gay yeah. boy, pifta, whatever. And this guy turned around and called me gay and I went, yeah I am, so what? And then that was it. Because oh, then my literally gosh. because they were so uninventive with the name calling. <laughs> What else can you say? What
0: more can you say? Stumped him. Stamped. completely. I'm
1: gay. Cool. So I was literally 13, 14 when I came out as gay at school.
0: As a comeback. that's As brilliant. a comeback.
1: Yeah. A clap I'll back. teach
0: you. I you am know, gay. People talk about clapback
1: culture now. That was the that <laughs> original clapback culture. Yeah. And basically... And then didn't come out to my parents because I felt like that was a bigger thing until yeah. I was, this is so ridiculous because when you, you hear this, you're going to be like, what? So I never discussed it with my mum, apart from what, if she's listening to this, she's going to kill me. Oh no. So I started going out to like gay bars and gay clubs when I started going to sixth form. I met some of my, like my crew. Yeah. My yeah. people. The people. Um, Can like my I ask fr- a quick
0: question? Was that out of the village?
1: That was massively okay, out of the village. Okay, I was going to say <laughs> so this <laughs> sounds
0: like a really, really, really forward-thinking village. Yep, it's it's, a it's not
1: a, oh my God, no. So basically I went to sixth form in Cambridge. Okay a place called Hills Road, represent, she, <laughs> shout out to them. And I met like the most amazing group of girls, like my friend Ellie, who you guys have met yeah. before. And um, we just started going out. So we started going out when we were like 16. Oh my God, my mum is going to kill me. Um, we started going out when we were 16. And I remember going to the first gay bar. And then um, and then I remember one night I went out, was still at six at this point, met this boy. And then for some stupid reason, because I was always so bad at losing my stuff and my mobile phones and everything, and I couldn't remember my phone number, I stupidly gave this boy my... (laughs) I can't believe I'm telling you this. Oh my God. um, My house number.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Give me the landline. I
1: gave him the landline to my mum and dad's house. So I'm out in the town. (gasps) Yeah. And then my mum comes to pick me up from the train station, (laughs) Mm -hmm. coming back from Cambridge. She's like, so... Who's ex? I was like, who are you on about? Oh, and she's like, oh, why didn't you call the house at this time of night asking for you? And I was like, she's like, oh my God. <laughs> so I like made up this massive lie that it was my friend's boyfriend oh, and God. how he was literally just trying to get hold of us because he was so drunk and was just like going through the phone and not knowing if it's my house number or my mobile number. And then she was obviously like, yeah, right, <laughs> Oh
0: God, And she then it knew. wasn't until
1: like a year later when I went to... And then like there's other things that would happen that she obviously knew about, but she never spoke about. Oh well, yes. And we never spoke about it until I went to university and she was driving me back to uni after like a term or something. And I said to her, mom, you do know that I'm gay, right? And she said, <laughs> oh, and she said something along the lines of, are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> As if you've waited this long to tell me, I think I knew the first day you picked up like a My Little Pony. Cause I was Aww. obsessed with My Little Ponies when Aww. I was literally like, very young yeah not when i was like 14 all right oh, okay so i think that was like that was like my coming out journey and then to be honest it's been like most of my friends have always been very accepting of it yeah
0: yeah, yeah.
1: especially when i was younger as well which was kind of amazing it's an yeah, amazing experience because i think most of the time you build it up in your head yeah. more yeah. than yeah. it actually is yeah, yeah, so in your head you're like oh my god i won't be accepted and then I'm gonna be like a social pariah and then no one's gonna like me and I'm gonna get bullied and you're gonna go through your whole life and you're gonna feel like an outsider. And like, because also I think so much has changed in that time. Like it's so accepted. Like it is so accepted to a level. I mean, I can go into work very proudly and be (laughs) the open homosexual that I am. Yeah. Not everyone could do that, but. I would say that is the coming out, coming of age story. That is amazing. Yeah.
0: And like, also in in lots of ways, really inspirational, Josh. Like, and I know like, you'll play this down because you're you, but it's like, it is a really inspirational thing to hear Mm. that story. Like whether you're gay or not, like you've weathered so much to get where you are. Yeah you've had bumps along the way, but you've, you've taken it all in your stride and you've taken control of it. And I know there've been some really shit moments for you in life, mm. but it's all it all goes towards where you're supposed to be. And then I just look at where you've come now as like on a personal level, we, we see what you've done with your life now and we're like, fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. Like just oh oh. landed where you were meant to be. Completely yeah. Completely. yeah, and you've grafted for it and you've not yeah. let anybody kick you off your path, like anybody. yeah. No. And that was we got lots of questions about careers and stuff. Mm. Yeah. So we did want to, talk to you about that as well. Cause Ooh, like we were just saying, in. you've yeah. you're so successful, but like we've in the years that I've known you, there's been ups and downs through that yeah. and it's been difficult. And like Lynn said, you have worked your ass off above all yeah. else. Mm. Can you like give us a quick breakdown of the career of Josh? Oh god. <laughs> okay.
1: So oh, this might be quite long. No, just to clarify, I do not come from like an entertainment family whatsoever. Like I do not come from like a celebrity family or anyone who knows any celebrities. Like my mum and dad have like a very like country based life. Like they don't know anyone like that. They don't know anyone in fashion. And basically I decided that I wanted to work in fashion when I was like 14 at the same time as I was doing with the fact (laughs) I was gay. And I think this is what my mum channeled the panic into. She was (laughs) like, oh my God, you can't do fashion. Like, no, 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 no. And like fought against her and then did textiles, GCSE, and all that kind of stuff. And then basically, I wanted to be a fashion designer. So I was like, right, I'm going to be the next Alexander McQueen. Like always <laughs> thinking about the biggest thing I could possibly be. That's one secret to what how I've got to where I am. Because yeah. I'm always thinking about something bigger. Aim
0: high. Yeah. I always we'll aiming high. high.
1: And I went to different like summer schools. It's like Central Lake Martins. And then I went to sixth form. And then I went to fashion school at Nottingham Trent. And I got there. And... It just was not the right thing for me, like at all. So after a term, I was like, tail between my legs, like, mum.
0: <laughs> you were right. I want...
1: <laughs> And then she was literally like, feeling. Oh, no. It was like, at the time, it was like the worst thing that's ever happened is like dropping out of university yeah. after a term. May I just add. <laughs> um, and then my mum was like, right, you're, if you're quitting university, you have to go do history because that's what you've always been really good at. So then I went to, and I was like, okay.
0: Fine. Fine.
1: I mean, we both arrived at that conclusion yeah. together. So I applied, went to go do history at Warwick, got a first, shout out.
0: You, you got a first in history? Yeah, babe. That is amazing. Josh, I did not know this about you.
1: Layered like an onion. Jesus
0: Christ.
1: Anne Boleyn is my home girl.
0: Oh my God. She is.
1: She's my home girl. That
0: is amazing. Yeah.
1: And then, but while I was there, I joined the student newspaper and they were like, we're going to make you the fashion editor. And I was like, oh, I can do this. Oh my God, if you dug up the first, literally, oh, oh my God. God, the first fashion feature I did at Warwick, no offense to Warwick, but I don't think <laughs> it was necessarily blessed with that many stylish individuals. And No, no offense out, to Warwick. No offense to Warwick. we got some fit rowers though. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts. They were not there in my day either. I can tell you that for free. Oh and um, I remember writing this awful piece about like street style at Warwick. Can you even imagine? No. And I remember taking pictures of my friends and being like, Ashley is rocking a psychedelic look. <laughs> and it was like this like fluorescent green t-shirt. Oh my god, it's feral. And um, <laughs> and I then know. literally I did that for like three years, loved it. And I really like became a journalist, understood what it was like to you know, meet deadlines, do all these crazy yeah. things. And then I started interning. I did random stuff like I worked on the styling team at X Factor when like One Direction were on it, oh my God. Um, which was major because at the time Crazy. it was like X Factor was like life. Yeah, <laughs> it was well, like, yeah, it was life. You
0: knew Christmas Literally was on its way when X Factor was picked Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And you would it should be like. We are, are buckled in. We're, We're in. buckled in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um. And I worked at like Mary Claire. And then when I graduated, I literally started off life as a fashion assistant. Mm-hmm. So if anyone doesn't know what a fashion assistant is, it's basically being someone's bitch <laughs> um, absolutely and whipped. doing up <laughs> absolutely whipped morning, noon, and night. Oh, my God. Doing up people's shoes on the set, oh, stop. <laughs> pinning dresses, and but I loved it. I was yeah. like living for it. <sighs> And then I worked my way up to being the junior fashion editor at Grazia. And when I was there, I got approached about doing this four music show called Rock the Look. And the concept of it was, is that we'd have a different subject guest each week. And I would show the lucky individuals at home how to get their looks for less on the high street. So we had people like Lily Allen, Rita Ora, like really cool people. Um, the outfits were not cool.
0: Okay, oh God. <laughs> they
1: were, if, if you can dig this up on Google, Wow, you are in for a sensory experience. <laughs> um, we can try
0: and find a link to the, put this on yeah. the app somewhere. Yeah. Oh I my put god, on.
1: it's we'll... intense. Get your sunglasses, you're gonna need them. <laughs> and it was the best experience. I met so many amazing people, but the best thing about it was is I was so nervous on that first day mm-hmm. because I've never done a TV show before. No. I only done like one YouTube video for yeah. like oh. Grazia yeah. talking through the issue. So literally then I was like, right, I've also gone through three auditions and I have kind of breezed it, which was like a shock to me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in this situation. Did I learn my lines? Did I bugger? Oh shit. (laughs) Because I was like, I wagged it so far. It's gonna be fine. Oh Oh, my gosh. gosh. Oh my God. (laughs) It was not fine. It was not (laughs) fine. (laughs) The first day of filming was possibly one of the hardest, most challenging things because you can't learn lines on the spot (laughs) as much as you try. And I was like, it was was bad. But like, I will never be anywhere near as nervous as I was on that day. And that show, even though it didn't take off and didn't get renewed for a second series. I wonder why. uh, I wonder why. (laughs) Not to do with my styling abilities, may I just add. Um, But possibly a factor. Um, Yeah, but it taught me so much about like, how to be in front of a camera, like how to deal with production teams, like all this cool stuff. And when I went back to, Gracia, they were like, "We want you to do a, we want you to do a YouTube series, and we're going to call it Joshington Post." Because shout out to Vicky Harper, I pray to God you're listening to this, because um, who's like a living legend. She used to call me Joshington Post in the office every day because I always used to have the gossip. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a riff on Huffington Post. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you've all got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're keeping right. up. We're
0: keeping, keeping up. up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the long story continues. And, um, and I started doing that and it, and then it was styling advice and I did these videos. Oh my god, you will, will be able to find these you can we put will. This in the link. You can see the progress guys via the links in the bio now. Oh my god. I was doing videos like I remember the first one was about Christmas party dressing. And it was like my alternative guide to it. And I was wearing some like jazzy blazer, which I was like obsessed with at the time. I was very colorful. And I was like, if you want to get laid at the Christmas party, oh wear my this God. slinky dress from X. If you want to make sure that Tim from accounting isn't gonna come anywhere near you, wear this sack. <laughs> like literally that is what it was like. Oh and my then God. somehow this then morphed into this like, I did an interview with one of my really good friends, Sandra, Five inch nap. Yeah, yeah. Aww. And um, and then that was like the first, one of the first interviews I did. Then I she did this random interview with Julianne Moore, randomly. What? Oh wow. When she, was pre- when she was here for the Hunger Games. That was my first ever subject interview with Julianne Moore. Oh my god! Oh my and gosh. then I did one with RuPaul. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. And I was one hour and a half late because we got stuck in traffic and it was so you awkward. You were late. <laughs> yeah. I was late for RuPaul. And like the guy who was like filming it, who I knew quite well, was there because we got stuck in traffic because it was like the state opening of parliament. I'm not even joking, oh my god. so I was just <laughs> like, Oh my god, that a queen is getting my way of getting to this queen! Like, literally, like, <laughs> this couldn't be Liz, no, get off the road <laughs> and um, carriage and all. <laughs> oh. And basically, I turned up an hour and a half late for RuPaul, and he was <sighs> waiting for most of that hour and a half. And I walked in, I was wearing this like yellow, oh my god, this yellow suit with this. Polka dot shirt, and he was like, I was going to absolutely berate you, but this is everything.
0: Oh my god!
1: And then we got on like a house on fire, and that was a real turning point for me in being a subject interviewer because I was like, wow, I can really get stuff out of people. And also, I, oh my god, I'm gonna get chastised for this. But I hadn't watched RuPaul's Drag Race up until that point. Okay. So I was like, so RuPaul, I haven't ever watched it. And he was like, you are hilarious. Like oh. literally, cause I was just honest with him. Yeah, and then we just had yeah. this really great interview and um, it's probably not that great if you watch it back now. And I definitely would not want to watch it back now. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and so that kind of took off. And then I went to InStyle and I took the blog with me and we, we named it Joshington Hosts, Hosts. yeah, yeah, And then interviewed so many amazing people from like Giselle, um, right the way through to like Victoria Beckham for the first time which was like a big big moment for me yeah. and then I ended up at Glamour as the celebrity and entertainment director and then Literally. it's it's there's so much more to that story and so many more anecdotes which we probably possibly might cover later but that is kind of the career story that yeah is- so it went from fashion and then it kind of just morphed into entertainment and then pow here we
0: are yeah what a journey. What, what? what a journey. And the thing that you were saying about RuPaul and you admitting that you haven't watched the show, yeah. from all the interviews that I've watched of you, that is so your style in terms of how honest you are. Yeah. And it's so disarming, mm. to, even to watch, like, never mind being interviewed by you, yeah. I can't imagine. But just watching it, you're so like, this is just some normal person. You don't seem in awe of who you sat next to. You're just like, I'm just going to chat to you normally yeah. and take the piss out of them yeah. a little bit sometimes, which is really nice. Oh, my God.
1: Well, the thing is, it's like, i it's taken me a while to understand this because yeah. obviously I've, I've, d- I've done it for like, like, oh my god like over three years now whoa that's crazy that i'm just thinking about that, so i haven't actually sat down and thought about that and it's taken a while for me to like understand what my interview technique is yeah. and like who i am as a person and i remember when oh this is really name droppy but i went to go interview oprah of course you did um, naturally naturally and reese Witherspoon and mindy all at the same time so it was kind of like three powerhouses at once like the holy trinity of life yeah it was basically, this, I actually thought at the time, this is the closest I'm ever going to come to meeting God. To so like
0: actual God, <laughs> To yeah. actual
1: God. So, and I went in and I thought, like I was, couldn't sleep the night before and I was like, do you know what? What would Oprah do in this situation? She would go in, she would be herself and they would like it or lump it. Yeah. She yeah. would be that person. So that was a turning point for me because I went into that interview and I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, not to quote the GC, I'm just going to be me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: just going to be me. And then I just went in and I was just like, this is what you got. And they, like, I got so much insane feedback from oh, all three of them. That
0: is so And, exciting. which was
1: a game changing thing in itself. Yeah. And that was a moment when I realised the way you should interview and talk to anyone in your whole life, whether you're going to interview or not. Yeah. If you're just talking to the person who's serving you at prep, talk to them like, they are your friend yes. yeah, and treat yeah. them that same level of kindness respect yeah. and it's the and openness
0: and the honesty that you yeah. bring that that like you said lizzie disarms the the person in question and yeah and makes this uh, such a beautiful flow for you when you are interviewing and when yeah. you are working because it doesn't look like hard work it doesn't feel like that and everybody is so engaged and attuned to you um and it's just like an amazing thing to watch happen and yeah. it's who thought you could feel so many things about an interviewer and like what you bring to the table. Like, who yeah, knew? Who knew? Yeah. like, oh my God, God. He's not gonna get out oh. the door with yeah. his head. Oh um, <laughs> my God, I
1: know. I'm gonna have to wear some sort of like, compression hat. Um, no, but like, it's it's kind of an amazing experience to be able to, because it used to just be, I used to think that being an interviewer was about talking the most yeah. mm. and having your voice heard the most. Yeah. And then um, someone who's become like a really amazing mentor to me said to me that, one of the things you should do, one of the best things you could do as an interviewer, is listen. Mm. And then that was like such a change for me because I was mm. like, oh my god! Because then you're not just trying to rattle through like five questions. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to yeah. what they're saying, and then you're reacting to what they're yeah, saying. So and it's and then it's conversational. It's conversational. Yeah. yeah. Like no one wants to see a stunted interview where you're literally going like, hi, <laughs> yeah,
0: hi, and also cutting them off between, <laughs> like, them off between things. yeah, like well, yeah. we've got some more questions to get through, so I'll just stop you there. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. rattle through. Yeah. It's just, yeah.
1: So it's. And then with that, it's become this amazing thing where I used to think it was also about making a video that was funny. Yeah. So I always used to do like, these really weird gimmicky games. <laughs> and like some of them really worked, some yeah. of them didn't. And then it was when I interviewed Leanne from Little Mix who is the biggest, biggest babe oh. on the planet. Like I love that girl so much, oh. Like she's so great. And she really opened up to me about um, the racism she faced in Little Mix and how she was kind of going through Twitter on a daily basis and just typing in awful things about herself and mm. just, just to see what people were saying about God. her. Oh. And that was like a really like, and she cried in the middle of the interview and I've never had someone cry in an interview before. And I just reacted to how a normal human being I think would react. I just yeah. hugged her and I just like talked to her and I was like, you're okay, it's okay, it's a safe space. Like, yeah. don't worry if you don't wanna talk about it. She's like, no, I wanna talk about it. Like I wanna I want to use my platform to help others. Yeah. and. That was that was a massive change in me as an interviewer because then I realized I had this weird capacity to get people to open up in ways that they wouldn't necessarily feel safe to do with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's been a new running trait for yeah. me as an interviewer. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing to know that people can trust you with their really sad personal stories yeah. and feel safe with you. Like that's the most rewarding thing. And you know, then when you get these messages from, these young girls and guys who've watched these videos and they're like, oh my God, this is, com-. especially when I did one with Perry, also from Little Mix, yeah. getting through them. Um, <laughs> she um, talked about anxiety really, really powerfully, like really crippling anxiety. Oh. And it was really hard to sit there and listen to it. And she was amazing. And then I get quite sad when I think about it because it, it stuck with me for a really long time afterwards, like listening to her talk yeah. about that. And you got, I got so many messages, as does she, obviously, um, <laughs> about people saying, Thank you so much for doing that. That's helped me open up about my anxiety. And then this crazy thing happened when I interviewed Ella Henderson the other day. And she was talking to me about her anxiety. And she said in the middle of the interview, One of the things that helped me was that interview you did with oh, Perry. And gosh. I watched it back like two times over. And it made me realize it's really important to talk about it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like even if you can just do one video and even if it affects like two people and they feel the need or the desire finally to talk about what they've been going through, whatever that is, Yeah. then it's such a powerful thing and it's such an amazing thing to be able to do. Yeah. And it's just nice when you get like a message from someone you've interviewed and you're like, you made me feel really comfortable. And I'm like, that's just like, it's not like a, I don't know, because it feels like a really big headed thing to say, but it's just, It's just one of the most amazing feelings, like it's the most amazing feeling for me. Just to know that you can have people open up to you and make them feel safe and I think that's just a great skill that any human being should try to aim to have. God,
0: yeah, and it's so amazing that you get to do something that you love so much, and in turn, that's so helpful to so many yeah. people. Like, it's know, just, it's yeah, you're in a, such an amazing position. It's so good, and yeah. I'm very proud of you. Oh, thanks, Han. Um, and suppose, don't cry. <laughs> I didn't expect to
1: get this emotional filming filming oh. this. I'm so used to being filmed. Um, no, but like, yeah, it's good. But it's
0: a big it's thing, it's a big deal. Yeah. And like, yeah, and you often, like, you are so guilty of going, Through your life at two hundred million miles an hour, and you don't ever sit down and talk about yourself like this. No, I never do. Do you? You're always on the. Yeah. Oh (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I now know
1: how my interview subjects feel. This is it. You're now
0: on the other end of it, and so Mm -hmm. when you actually stop and reflect on all the things that you've achieved and all the good that you do, Josh, like it's massive. Yeah, it really is. So don't ever, ever take it, you know, as something that isn't worth shouting about because it really is. You should be celebrated. Oh, thanks, hard. We're celebrating you you now, yeah.
1: Got that MBE. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. I'm obviously joking. And so,
0: Josh, one of the things then that we did want to talk to you about is because, obviously, on a personal level, as friends, um, you can find it in me about a bit of a tricky time in your life where you felt things that were quite overwhelming and felt what you might have perceived to be your Period of anxiety, and you had never suffered before, and this came to you in your third. Well, whilst you've been thirty, didn't yeah. it? And so, talk us through kind of what that felt like, and what you reckon triggered it.
1: Oh God, um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot going on at the time. Yeah, didn't so you?
1: basically, I turned thirty. I bought my first house. flash, one bedroom. <laughs> house. So much intense stuff I was going at work. I was working on uh personal project as well, which hopefully I should be able to tell some people about soon. <laughs> um, just a lot was happening all at once. And then like, there was like, weddings every weekend. Oh there was gosh. like, birthdays every weekend. There was like, honestly, like, I was doing something like constantly all the time. I got to this point where I just felt, like so overwhelmed mm. by all the stuff that was going on and I think for so much so long in my life I always had been known as like the happy person the really positive person the really high energy person and I've like proud like I've literally made myself be that person like, yeah. I'm proud of that person and then I was like really battling against feeling sad about things that I couldn't do or like feeling overwhelmed by all the things I had to do be that literally like call my solicitor about a really boring mortgage issue. Like literally like, and then have to then run off and fly to LA to go do this interview and like, which sounds like a really amazing thing. And it is an amazing thing, but it can be overwhelming. Yes, And I start to feel like, I I wouldn't say that necessarily I've had anxiety. I think I've had like, I had an anxious period because I'm very like hot on the whole idea about because you know, I think it's become quite a colloquialized word mm-hmm. to say, "I've got anxiety," or yeah. like for instance, someone said to me once, "literally this chair is giving me anxiety," and I'm like, "that that is that a thing?" I know, the, literally, like literally, what are you that, doing? Like it's a bit like when we were growing up, and everyone's like, "this is gay, that's gay," and yeah. I'm like, yeah, That chair yeah. also is not gay. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. Not, it's like,
0: not gay. Gay it's or anxiety object. Do yeah. you know what I mean?
1: So I get quite funny about talking about it in that sense, but i the way i dealt with it was talking about it mm-hmm. yeah. talking to my friends about it yeah. and accepting one of the things i've accepted recently is it's impossible to be happy all the time
0: yeah. yes no matter what's going on in your yeah. life or no. what pressure you put on yourself yeah. to think i should be happy because i've got this and this and this and this it doesn't always work out that way you're still entitled no. to not be happy
1: yeah and also it's okay to be sad Yes, like yeah. i spend so much of my time being like no don't be sad and beating myself up about being yeah. sad, which makes you even sadder. Yeah, yeah. because then you're yeah. you're not
0: allowing yourself to go through those feelings. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's something that Jesse. Also, I feel like I'm name-checking every member of the. <laughs> Jessie, when I interviewed her the other day, she said that to me. She was like, she finally accepted it was like okay to cry. Yeah. Yeah. And because she was saying how like laughing is like a normal emotion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and you yeah. would never stop yourself from laughing because no. you're having a right old lol of a yeah. time. Like let out that laughter. Yeah. So why do we like hold in crying? Like I never cry. Like ever.
0: Oh my god. Like literally
1: hardly ever. Really? Like, even when I try to get really upset, I can't let myself cry. It's such a weird thing.
0: When was the last time you cried?
1: I can't even remember. <gasps> really? So even during this period when I was really overwhelmed, yeah. still. Still notice.
0: Wow. It. And <laughs> so, it is an outlet, like you have a cry, you go, Oh, I feel so much better yeah. than that big cry.
1: Because you do feel so much better. And it is
0: like a release, like this weird locked up yeah. tight thing in your chest that you feel mm. and then it's like, Oh and it comes yeah. out as a liquid through your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah exactly. So I think that's something I'm learning to do, and I think that's helping me feel less anxious, I would say, yeah, at times, when I would probably feel anxious before, mm. so. But we are all on a journey. We're all on a journey of self-discovery. We're all still discovering ourselves, and at the end of the day, I'm not finished project yet.
0: No. And no. I've
1: got to stop beating myself up about that. Mm, and yeah. you can't expect to be a finished product. It's not like you get to 30 and you're like, oh, I'm done.
0: No. You no know, way. Why, no. why put it on that age either? Yeah. Like not, it should be forever for your entire life. Mm, not at all. evolving. Yeah. I think a great analogy for this for you <laughs> is Josh and I had a WhatsApp conversation that consisted of oh voice notes, God. photos, videos, and text messages over the space of a full day, nearly.
1: Seven and a half hours. <laughs> It, it took doesn't. seven and a half hours. Because
0: Josh moved into his flat on his own, big boy things, bought his own bed for the first time, tried to erect said bed on his own for the first time, I tried to hold his hand for hours on end. Oh, we my- got to the point where it just was not working and he had to call a handyman. Oh. <laughs> Because you'd put one of the, the rails on the wrong way and it was just stuck up in the middle of the bed yeah. so no mattress It was an could- ottoman,
1: to be fair. So in this ottoman description, it was like, oh, then, <sighs> then the final thing was just like, pull it down. And I was like, I mean, I've not got the biceps of like Arnie or anything oh. or Zac Efron. But literally, I was like, trying to like pull them down. And I was like, oh, fuck. For- fuck's sake like actually, <laughs> what why won't this come down like really why and i said this is like at 1 in the morning i've been building it for seven and a half hours and the worst hangover possibly of my whole it life it was bad wasn't yeah it? i was sick in a mcdonald's car party <laughs> that morning like that was it was bad
0: but the point is is that you didn't give up and my encouragement was like you you will feel better if you've built this bed yourself like yeah. be a big boy and build this fucking bed but then you know Something happened, and you ended up needing a tiny bit of help. But the point is that you pretty much did it by yourself, and you didn't give up. I yeah. didn't give
1: up. Well, Imagine. the point when I dragged the mattress off the vertical bed, and had to pull it in my living room, just and I was at like 1. 30 a.m. I was. She sat there and was like, "This is a low, low <laughs> moment. Like, this is this is savage. And this is still bad." I was oh, still didn't just... no, cry. I still
0: got through it. And I was
1: like, "Right, get me on task, rabbit." Yeah. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, he's going to be here for hours. 20 minutes after oh, you God. ride, it was fixed. Um, and £71 later. So, 71 pounds. my advice to anyone who wants to build a bed from made.com, which I assume was going to come made because that's the name of the company. This is the conversation. Um, which I was fuming about, is just get on TaskRabbit, get them round. They're it. very good service, oh, they're very God. efficient. And they will get it done in an hour, not seven and a half plus 20 minutes oh. of a professional help.
0: Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I think but that- that's the
1: pure adulting experience, guys. It really is. It really yeah. is. And,
0: and testament like that you can get through anything yeah. uh, if you put your mind to it and order ex- extra outside help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Josh, this has been amazing. Oh, and thank, thank you, you so much. much for coming in. Oh,
1: babes.
0: We've so loved having you here. I've and- loved
1: out- speaking to you too. Oh, I feel like yeah. I've just talked at you, no, though.
0: This is why it's so weird for you, because you're, you're normally the one being talked at. Yeah. Yeah, it's but been amazing. No, it's a nice. no, really weird good.
1: experience. I bet.
0: But yeah, we hope that everyone has taken something really positive away from this episode, yeah. too, the way that we all have. Oh, um, gosh. And thank you again so much, yeah. Josh. My abs <gasps> hurt from laughing. We'll link Josh's Instagram as well. Yeah, everything um, that we can dig up on Josh definitely. is going on the app. Oh my yeah.
1: God, it's going to be like, um, this is your life. It
0: will, be, yeah. it will be. It will be with the things that you've been through. <laughs> well, well. Well, well, well. We'll put a
1: picture of that bed on there for you. Oh, that, please guys.
0: do. I've got it in my WhatsApp chat, so I'm, gonna, I'm oh, definitely we'll put that out. It yeah. Yes, please. Um, but yes, thank you so, so much for listening. Um, mm-hmm. Please like, share and subscribe if you've enjoyed this week's episode and we will see you next week. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you.